I got a hot cup of Joe and my friend Oswaldo, which means it's that time of the week again for your favorite movie talk podcast. Oh yeah, that was a good movie. A conversational show where two independent filmmakers discuss a week considered to be underappreciated movies, although we've been doing more overappreciated movies versus each other, which has been so much fun. Yeah. Uh, we put up two movies against each other. Yeah, we just smash two movies into each other, and we use our expert opinion to tell you which one <laughs> which one is better. My name is John Caviclis. I'm a Los Angeles-based filmmaker. My name is Osvaldo Cuevas, and I'm a Chicago-based filmmaker. And today, John, yeah. you picked a, a nice romantic comedy versus a wholesome <laughs> family road trip movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess you can put it that way. You picked? <laughs> of course, Osvaldo's talking about 2005's The Devil's Rejects versus... 1994's Natcha Born Killers, two movies that are are not family friendly, even <laughs> though they're all about love and family. That's right. Yeah, I, I thought it'd be a fun. Uh, I have a friend who always is like, "Yeah, they're just the same movie," and I'm like, "You know what? Let's let's figure it out. Are they the same movie?" Of course, talking about Devil's Rejects, 2005 rated R for oh my gosh, so much violence, <laughs> <laughs> violence, nudity, everything, everything you could ever want. Uh, crime drama horror western it said on Rotten Tomatoes I was like I figured I would okay. throw that out there because it was interesting crime drama horror western crime drama I need to be rating of yeah you gotta I get a shirt that says that crime drama <laughs> horror western uh, IMD rating of 6.7 55% tomato meters 78% audience score yeah I mean I, I, I couldn't see this being I couldn't see either one of these being a critic favorites you know i don't know i thought i thought a lot more people liked this because especially out of all rob zombie movies this seems to be the one that people do enjoy well i, I mean guess. the 78 yeah. percent audience score i think is pretty is pretty ah, close okay. that's the, true. Yeah. the the tomato mm -hmm. meter i think is critics right so yeah 55 percent sounds about right roger um, and Eber gave it two thumbs up did they yeah really mm -hmm. they maybe because house of a thousand corpses was so terrible i enjoy it too <laughs> i think it's like i said last week uh devil's rejects is the only rob zombie movie i actually enjoy and will watch over and over again. I've seen a bunch of his stuff, uh, and I just it just doesn't. I don't know, man. I, I feel <laughs> like it's doing like what people who don't know how to make movies. Well, let me rephrase that. He, it, it seems like he's he's doing super ultra low budget movies, but he just happens to have money. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like he doesn't quite understand maybe story or there's a lot of shock value to it as opposed to like. Good characters, good story, but this one I actually really, really enjoy. I think he stepped outside of his comfort zone with this for his, I think, second movie. Of course, yeah, we're talking about Rob Zombie, written and directed, Devil's Rejects, written and directed by Rob Zombie, who also did uh, House of a Thousand Corpses. He did the Halloween remakes, which were fucking terrible. Uh, <laughs> I do like Lord's... the stabbing in them. That was about it. The stabbing? Yeah. They were just like, he stabbed like really hard. Okay. Like a painful I just, stab. I didn't like because, like, if you watch, and, and again, I, I, I haven't seen the original, original Halloween in so long. But in his remake, like the Michael Myers character, it's like he's this like picked on little kid, right? And like he's he ends up like killing all these people and they throw him into a psychiatric ward and he's just like this little puss. And then it's like twenty years later and they cut and he's like fucking enormous and they yeah. don't ever explain it. Like he's not gonna go from like the smallest kid on the playground to being the Undertaker. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you know, it's just like <laughs> It was just as soon as I saw that, I was like, "This is I can't get around that. I can't get my my head past that." So that was that was I think his biggest mistake. If they had been like doing like tests on him or something, or or you know what I mean, like like injecting him with something and it made him this enormous psychopath, that would have been. <laughs> I probably would have been on board still at that point. They but just the just fact that a bunch of Wheaties. Yeah, man, it was like he just eats just bread meat all day every day and and sleeps on a rack anyway. 
fuck that movie. <laughs> Devil's Rejects starring the great late great Sid Haig, also Three from Hell, Bone Tomahawk, uh, Jackie Brown. Remember his? Do you remember his guest appearance in Jackie Brown? He was playing the judge uh, when Pam oh, Greer goes yeah. to yeah. Wow. Oh yeah, that was a good cameo. <laughs> also starring the terrible Sherry Moon Zombie, who <laughs> is only in Rob Zombie's bullshit. The brilliant. I love William Forsyth so much. He over overacting a lot in this, but in general, he's amazing. <laughs> Raising Arizona, The Rock. And Deuce Bigelow, the original Deuce Bigelow male gigolo. He was actually almost playing the same character from Deuce Bigelow as he was playing in this. Just that super intense <laughs> cop detective, like, you think it's too thin? If you remember that movie at all. And everybody just clicked off the podcast. Great. <laughs> both these movies actually have great secondary casts. Um, Devil's Rejects starring, co-starring Bill Mosley, Leslie Easterbrook, who played uh, Callahan, if you remember from the, the Police Academy movies, like the, the blonde lady. Do you remember what I'm talking about? You've seen Police Academy, right? Yeah, long time ago. So she was like the sexy cop lady who could like kick ass. She always wore like aviators. She had big oh, hooters. Yeah. Everyone okay. was in love with her. Yeah. So she played Mother Firefly in this. She wasn't in the original. Uh, she wasn't. She didn't play that character in um, House of a Thousand Corpses. House of a Thousand Corpses. She just she picked up the role in this. Uh, also starring Jeffrey Lewis, uh, Danny Trejo, Brian Posehn, Michael Berryman, a horror staple michael berryman's awesome he's the dude with like no hair and he just looks old and scary all the time mm -hmm. <laughs> elizabeth eg daly i i love elizabeth daly so much she played uh dotty from peewee's big adventure uh she was the prostitute if you remember at the end she was like the one um who was with bill mosley she's so good she played dotty from peewee's big adventure but she's actually primarily a voice actress and she did buttercup from the powerpuff girls and tommy pickles from rugrats and then the come and do this movie was so good that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, she's really good, man. Budget of $7 million, worldwide gross of $21 million, So three times the budget is considered a success. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, the IMDb synopsis, the murderous backwoods firefly family take to the road to escape the vengeful Sheriff Wydell, who is not afraid of being as ruthless as his target. What do you think of that, my friend? Um, I don't know about the, uh, the Sheriff part, because eventually he does but at the beginning he's kind of trying to walk the line which we'll talk about later yeah you're you're kind of watching his character arc more than yeah. anything else mm -hmm. in this movie yep but yeah it's it's a uh, it's okay it's I, I probably would have worded it differently but it's not bad of course going up against 1994's natural born killers also rated r an action crime romance i need to be rating of 7.2 50 tomato meter which surprised me wow yeah less than uh less than devil's rejects however this movie was crazy, crazy divisive when it came out. I remember, like people, uh, especially critics, were like, "No, no, 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 no! Fuck this movie! Don't go watch this movie!" Which, of course, made me want to run out and watch it. Yeah, uh, eighty-one percent audience score, so it beat the Devil's Rejects there. So two, two out of the three ratings, Born Killers wins. Directed by Oliver Stone, of course. JFK Platoon, Wall Street Money Never Sleeps. Written by an uncredited Quentin Tarantino. He he saw the first scene and he walked out and he said, "Take my name off of this." Uh, I have his original draft downloaded i just haven't read it yet uh, i'll probably do that I'm, later today yeah i'm wondering how much different it was from what i've heard it's more like about wayne gale i think and then mickey and mallory like like it's wayne gale following mickey and mallory the whole time the robert downey huh. jr character but it was supposed to be grimy and low budget and then it ended up not being yeah. that at all rewrite duties were taken over by david Velaz, who wrote uh behind enemy lines permanent midnight and richard rutowski who I don't know what else he did. I don't think he really did anything. He might have been like one of those like, oh yeah, he also wrote it. You know, like <laughs> he's somebody's like friend or something. Uh, starring the brilliance. If you listen to this podcast, you know how much I love Woody Harrelson. 
The People versus Larry Flint, Zombieland, Wildcats. Uh, and Juliette Lewis, who I actually really like too. I really like Juliette Lewis. She's fucking bonkers, I think, in real life, but I think she'd be a lot of fun to party with. Cape Fear from Dust Till Dawn, and she played Luke Wilson's girlfriend in Old School in the very beginning, if you remember <laughs> that. Also, amazing secondary cast in Natural Born Killers, uh, Tom Sizemore just passed away. Was it this year or last year? Uh, I love Tom Sizemore so much. Rodney Dangerfield, Robert Downey Jr., Tyler Lee Jones, Battles Getty, Stephen Wright. The budget of $34 million, worldwide gross of $110 million. So huge, huge, huge success for Oliver Stone, who did not need it at the time. <laughs> but you know what? Yeah, good for him, I, man. I think the controversy uh, helped with that. It's always good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which yeah, yeah. Was, was kind of the point uh, of the, the movie, so it worked. Yeah, I, I think so. The IMDb synopsis, uh, by the way, two victims of traumatized childhoods become lovers and psychopathic serial murderers irresponsibly glorified by the mass media. What do you think? Okay. All right. That's I mean, pretty I good. It's pretty right on. Yeah, I think it's I'll pretty agree good. With that one. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Osvaldo, how long had it been since? Had you seen both of these before? It's been, I think I saw Natural Born Killers like a, the year it came out, a couple years afterwards. It yeah. was, and that was the last time I saw it, actually. Oh, really? So, what uh, What was your, what did you think? Good. How was it? Right, it was better than it? I remembered. Yeah. I remember it being cool. I remember liking the soundtrack a lot. We actually had a, a CD of the soundtrack, so we listened to that a lot in our house. Oh, okay. You know what? I, I probably have watched it after that, I think, maybe in high school, now that I think about it, but it, it, it held up. Super, super enjoyable. And did you like uh, you like Devil's Rejects I did. too? Or? I was worried that I wasn't going to like it as much, and towards the beginning, I was kind of like, eh, it's not as good as I remembered, but as it went on, I kind of fell back in love with it. It was it was good. Yeah. Yeah. It gets crazier mm-hmm. and crazier. One thing about, uh, I was talking about the secondary cast for Natural Born Killers. Uh, so I have the DVD of the director's cut. And it's really it's really good. There's a couple extra little pieces and stuff in there that I, re- I recommend. Like the the way they more more they add more stuff to like the, when you're like flashing inside and outside of people's heads, like a lot more artsy kind of stuff like that. But uh, there's also a bunch of deleted scenes. And then the, the stars from the deleted scenes are also huge stars too like did you get to watch any of the deleted scenes i didn't scenes? see the deleted scenes no uh-uh. all right so so the people that were cut uh ashley judd in like her first movie oh, wow. ever dennis leary who does like this crazy like remember in, in the 90s dennis leary we do those like those fast talking hey guys? i'm like talking to the camera yeah he does yeah. one of those from the prison the wrestler bret hart huh. <laughs> <You remember> bret <laughs> hart <laughs> rachel ticketon who you might not know her name, but you definitely know her face. She was uh, the love interest. She played Melina in Total Recall. She's the guard in Con Air. Uh, she's mm. a cop in Falling Down. It's a very, very big 90s actress. And then, uh, do, you, do you remember the Hun brothers? So, the Hun? No. Hun, H-U-N. So they're like, they were in the movie Barbarian. They're two twin brothers that are like, you'd recognize them if you saw them. They're like bodybuilder, like buff as fuck with like long black hair. Like anytime you needed like a twin, like, Beefcakes, like they were the guys, the Hun brothers, H-U-N. Let me look this up real quick. Oh, these are like '90s guys, right? Oh yeah, '90s is fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But That's they were funny. great, man. Yeah, they they were in a scene where <laughs> they're being interviewed by Wayne Gale, and like it's a kind of a close up of them. They're talking about like, you know, Mickey and Mallory, like, because they're like they're all about like working out and stuff, and they're talking about how like Mickey and Mallory have like they're they respect them. They respect what they're doing, and then they kind of pan out. And Wayne Gale's like, "But you were one of their victims," and they pan out, and they're both missing their legs from the knees down, and like they had like chainsawed them. But they're like, because of this, uh, it's made it's like made us push ourselves even further in the gym, and now like we don't we don't take anything for granted. It's just like 
Wow. Oh my God, awesome. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And the Ashley, the Ashley Judd scene is actually kind of cool too, but Oliver Stone talks about how it slows down the movie, which I agree with because she's like the final victim. You know, they always leave one victim alive mm-hmm. and she's the final victim of this like sorority uh, attack that they went on. And then Mickey ends up killing her in the courtroom, like in front of everybody. So it's it's actually the scene, if you remember in, in the actual movie, Wayne, Wayne Gale's like, oh, their trial was like just as crazy too. And Julia Lewis is like, oh, I never had more fun in my life. You know what I mean? That scene <laughs> when they're being escorted into court. Mm-hmm. There actually is a whole courtroom scene after that that's like 10 oh, minutes cool. long. But yeah, it just, it really takes away from the, from the, the pacing of the movie. And they had already killed the Indian at that point. You know what I mean? They were like, oh yeah, we don't really murder anymore. Da, da, da. So like Oliver Stone was like, yeah, it's kind of like going, going the opposite way. Um, but one thing that's interesting though, is Mickey acts as his own lawyer and he's actually kind of smart too. Like you watching him, you're like, wait, he's not just a dumb piece of white trash. Like he actually is a little bit smart. So it's kind of, it was kind of interesting, but I agree with him. Taking I actually, I, I agree with all those scenes being taken out. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I have to watch them. Yeah, it's it's on the DVD in the deleted scene sections. It's really good. And Oliver Stone, he comes out and he kind of talks about each one beforehand. So, so there's I a great. I know we so, had a, a completely different experiences because I actually purchased the the 4K version of of this movie. Yeah. Just because I was like, you know what? I, I, was, I was telling my wife, and she's like, I love that movie. We, I would actually buy oh, it. And I was wonderful. like, say no yeah. more. I'm gonna yeah. get the, the the 4K version. <laughs> yeah, I was going off of the original DVD version, which was for some reason it filled up like two thirds of my screen. So there was just like a big black letterbox around the entire screen. But but after a while, because I watched it at night and I turned off the lights, it didn't really bother me that you much. You get used to yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. There's a great line though um, that got cut out. It's so fucking gross. It's like, do you remember when they're being escorted into the courtroom and there's that cop and he's like, yeah, these fucking douchebags. Like he's like super mad at the camera. Mm-hmm. He's talking about how like he's he's got a line literally that got cut right before that. When he's, he's talking about like, oh, the cop that got killed should be the hero. And he kind of is just like, he's not super angry yet, but he goes, they're making a hero out of this cum sandwich. <laughs> I, like, I like gagged when I heard that. It was so fucking gross. The cum sandwich. Um, wow. Yeah. They should have uh, that in. Man, it was so fucking He probably stole the movie man. with that line. He's like, no, nah, yeah. we can't leave it in. So uh, there was also a rumor... Um, I don't know if this is true or not, but I kept coming across this that Steve Buscemi and Tim Roth were both offered the role of Wayne Gale, the Robert Downey Jr. role. But Tarantino, oh, wow. yeah, Tarantino reached out to them. He said that if either of them took it, he would never hire him again. So neither of them took it. Wow, he really didn't like this movie, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you know what's funny though is because I was like, well, that might just be some Hollywood shit. But then I thought about it. And Stephen Wright plays a psychiatrist in this movie where he's like, I don't really believe what women tell me. You know, like, Mm -hmm. great comedian Stephen Wright, very dry. He does the voiceover in Reservoir Dogs of the radio host. But then he never comes back in any of Tarantino's movies. So I was like, oh my God, maybe that's true. Maybe he actually is petty like that. So, but which which one, before we, we're going to play verses here in a minute, but before we get into that, do you prefer one over the other? I'm gonna go with Natural Born Killers. Okay, it's it's well, and we'll talk about it. But I, I believe it's just a better film overall. Yeah, the Devil's Rejects is is fun and it's a good watch, but it's also you kind of have to be in the mood for for it. This I feel, I don't know. It's just it's just a, a more fun adventure. I think it's more okay. watchable. A more, more watchable. fun adventure. Yeah, it's cool. good times. Well. Uh... <laughs> It's I was so funny of my you friend. picked these two movies. I'm I, glad you did. This was good. 
Okay. I'm, I'm yeah. glad you liked it. At first, I didn't think you were into it. And then uh, I know Ricky had said last week, he's like, I don't like Natural Born Killers. I was like, oh, shit. Maybe Oswaldo doesn't like it either. But <laughs> no, it's. A, I think they're... Here's the thing. I actually really like both of these movies. As much as I don't care for Rob Zombie as a filmmaker, I think that he did a really good job. I can admit, he really did a really good job with this. Uh, I like Oliver Stone as a director. I mean, I'm a 90s kid film fan, so I love Quentin Tarantino. So mm-hmm. it was just one of those... And again, as much as he despises this movie... It's always going to be in my heart, written by Quentin Tarantino. So, yeah, it has it has that that feeling. Yeah, sure. well, especially if you go against because True Romance had come out around the same time and been optioned, and then that was uh, was it Ridley? Scott? No, it was Tony Scott who directed True Romance, I think. And uh, it's got it's got a similar feel to it, I think. You know, mm-hmm. so it's like, oh my god, who's this fucking guy? And he's like twenty six, <laughs> just killing it. You know. Yeah. Anyway, fuck him. Fuck him being successful at such a young age. <laughs> Never has to do jerk. anything but make movies the rest of his life. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to do a little Natural Born Killers, Devil's Rejects versus and see which one is actually the most brutal movie of all time. Which one's more dangerous? But before Ooh. we get into that, we got some unfinished business from last week. Mm, that's right. Fright Night versus Rear Window ended in a tie because Ricky changed one answer and then everything ended up tied <laughs> and Ricky ruined my life as usual. I love you, Ricky. But we put it out to you, to the audience, to see which one you prefer. Uh, reach out to us in our DMs on Instagram. And Oswaldo, have you checked our DMs on Instagram? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw this. I'm not happy with the result. It was a runaway. It. it was a runaway. Fright Night takes yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> takes it in a landslide. On, But here's the thing. The people who just said, they just outright said, I like Fright Night better than, than Rear Window. That's fine. Yeah. They didn't have to versus it, though. They didn't versus it necessarily at home. They were just like, yo, Fright Night over Rear Window. We also have a lot of horror fans, though. A lot of, a lot of traditional horror people, so I wasn't actually surprised by that. But <laughs> as of airing right now, and we'll keep you updated if things change, because I'm sure you're all on the edge of your seat wondering who's going to win. But as of right now, as of publish- publication of this episode, Fright Night has taken out Rear Window. Tom Hung took out Hitchcock. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask my my friends out there to uh, to help out and give a uh, rear window some love for the true You're so biased. You're true so winner. biased. So biased. It's <laughs> all yeah. right, man. Hey, you know what? I mean, Fright Night horror in general has just like cult following. They have the, so the fans. It's, yeah, it's man. They're they're like like heavy metal music, death metal, and shit like that. Like if you play if you play heavy music and you hit. Man, you can just do that for the rest of your life as long as you don't change your sound up too much. You know what I mean? Like as long, like look at Cannibal Corpse, man. The last Cannibal Corpse record fucking rips. It's so good, but it's the same shit they just always done, and they're always gonna sell out everywhere they go. And it's just like, yeah, man, just keep doing they what you're doing. You have you have loyal ass fans like metal and uh, horror movies. It's the same. It's usually the same people. So yeah, they're fucking loyal, man. You start a whole army of just metal slash horror music metal fans horrors, and just yeah. take over. You don't think, you don't mean, think a cannibal, bunch of Cannibal Corpse fans yeah, can rush uh-huh. into a Taylor Swift concert and fucking <laughs> own that place? I don't care if they're outnumbered 10 to 1. They're going to own that place by the end of it. That's right. Just get uh, get a Guar. They basically, they came up with that. That's a good... Guar doesn't even have any original members and they still sell out. It's, it's like, <laughs> yeah, they're just doing the shit. They're playing Hail Saddam from fucking 1991 and people still go apeshit for it. I know. I was there last year. It was great. It was so much oh, fun. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, what do you say we get into a little verses? As opposed to Taylor Swift versus Cannibal Corpse, which we'll do on our auxiliary podcast. <laughs> uh, let's do a little Natural Born Killers, Devil's Rejects. Let's Waldo, why don't you lay out? Why don't you lay out the categories for our people at home if they want to play along? All right, so we got nineteen questions on this episode, 
It's a lot of the classics and some new ones. So who would you rather go on a Tinder date with? Oh, Mallory or Baby? <laughs> I, I have a question of why a Tinder date, but we'll get into that. Okay. Right. Then we have Better Cop, Scagnetti, or Wydell. Which villains are more likable? And villains being the protagonists. So Mickey and Mallory versus... Firefly family. The Firefly family, yep. Better direction, better editing, better cinematography, better story, most believable story, better soundtrack slash best needle drop moment, worst father figure, and then we got Key Lime Pie <laughs> versus Tootie fucking Fruity. Tootie fucking Fruity. Most intense scene, then our favorite scene, favorite character, which one had better dialogue, then of course we got the classic three deaths. Best death, most deserved death, and most gruesome death. And then we're going to end it with most satisfying ending. I love it. I love it. So let's get into it. Let's play. So, since you picked the movies, you get to start off first. So who would you rather go on a Tinder date with? Mallory or Baby? And then also, why, why a Tinder date versus just a regular date? Well, all right. I figured a <laughs> Tinder date because like you'd be meeting them for the first time. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like as opposed to like, oh, I met this girl at a bar and we went out and like she seemed nice or we worked together. Like you have no relationship with this person at all and you're just going to you're going to match online and you're going to go out and meet them for the first time. Cuz otherwise you'd be like these bitches are crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's like I don't want to fucking deal with any of them. So Got it. I figured a Tinder date would be like a blind or like a blind date. How about that? Either okay. One. Okay. No, no, that's yeah. good. That's good. That's kind of what I took it as, but I wasn't sure. Yeah. So the, yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. I figured it'd be like a, a a starting from zero date. If I had to go on a Tinder date with either of these women, I'm picking Baby from Devil's Rejects. <laughs> because it's not so much that I want to go on a Tinder date with Baby, but literally anyone who touches Mallory with the exception of Mickey gets fucking killed. Now, baby kills people, but I feel like as long as you kind of keep your distance and don't go back to her place, you're going to be okay. But Mallory is going to, no matter where you are, no matter what's going on, Mallory's going to fucking kill you. So just from a pure survival standpoint, I'm going with baby. I'm going to agree. Okay. <laughs> I feel like baby, she's got a more uh, solid family life for a little structure to her family. Yeah. yeah. Whereas uh, Mallory's just, just completely messed up. Uh, there's no way I'm surviving that day. Right, exactly. And <laughs> yeah. here's the thing, though. Mallory acts... This is not a, about the character. This is just who I'd rather be on a date with. Mallory acts the way a girl who's been abused like that would act, which is like yeah. violent and lashing out and doesn't trust men and all this stuff. That's why Mickey's this like this, you know, spirit, this like God that comes into her life and saves her. But like literally any other dude she bumps into, she's going to fucking <laughs> slit their throat. So, yeah, I mean... Baby, you know, I'm a, I'm a, you're a family guy. I'm a family guy. We like, you know, we like our families. It's like, yeah, they, they're tight knit family. They're weird. That's right. Uh -huh. They're weird. I don't believe in anything, you know, anything they do, but I think I could survive. I think I could survive with baby. Yeah. You too, huh? All right. Yep. Two for baby. Yeah. <laughs> right. Better cop, Scagnetti or Wydell? Osvaldo, who do you think? All right. So this one, I'm going to go with Wydell. Okay. Because he's actually a good cop. Like he, did some investigation. You actually see his work. He even has this thing where he he wants to walk the line, meaning he doesn't want to do it the wrong way. He wants to do it the right way. Yeah. And then he's the only character that actually has a good story arc. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? Like he changed. Oh yeah, you watch him like collapse to the yeah. end. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that that was a lot more fun to watch. But I, I felt like Stagnetti was more obsessed with just being famous, mm-hmm. and he was just a fucked up cop, fucked up individual. Yeah. So yeah, I I think and I feel like everyone in Natural Born Killers was obsessed with being famous, and like that was part of the theme. So he fits right into that that world. But as far as who's the better cop, I'm gonna give it up to Wydell. Doing the investigation will work. And yeah. listening to his peers. He yeah. really talked shit to them. He actually like listened to what they were saying. He hired investigators like that movie guy, which was fucking hilarious. I like that <laughs> the movie, movie critic who comes in, he's yeah. so funny. I, every time I see that scene, I'm like, God, who is that guy? He's gotta be like that's gotta be like some weird cameo or something. And then you look him up and he's just like an actor, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh but he's so good. The guy who comes in, yeah, he's like <laughs> Get this Hollywood loving pussy out of my office. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he gets super mad when they uh, when they talk about how Groucho Marx he got his uh, thunder stolen when he died because Elvis died on the same day, and then all these redneck <laughs> cops get super mad at him. Like, Don't you ever talk shit about Elvis Aaron Presley in my presence again? Yeah, but no, I'm I'm gonna agree with you. Uh, Wydell over Scagnetti for all the same reasons. Scagnetti was he was too worried about himself. You know he he wanted to be famous. He didn't give a shit about anything. Like Wydell literally was like. Yeah, he ends up getting out of control by the end. But if he could have like brought these people in and arrested him and put him in the justice system, he 100% would have. You know, so yeah, I think Wydell's a better cop. Um, Scagnetti also like one thing I noticed, especially on this watch, was there's supposed to be this like relationship between Mickey Mallory and Scagnetti, but really like Mickey and Mallory don't even meet Scagnetti until he shows up kind of at the midpoint at the drugstore, and he's like. Get this photo of me. He's like, hey, look at me. I'm Scagnetti. And everybody's like, uh, if Mickey Mallory are probably like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, they don't yeah. have a relationship before that. You know what I mean? And then, that relationship was in Scagnetti's head, I think. Yeah, exactly. But then they show up at the end. There's the whole fight at the end at the prison riot. And Scagnetti shows back up and he's like acting like Juliet Lewis is in love with him. Mallory's in love with him. And, and she's like, oh, I remember you. Like, you know what I mean? She's like playing him. So, yeah, yeah Scagnetti, he was a fucking psycho. He kills people for no reason. Wydell. William Forsyth, he gets the point for me too. So, oh my gosh, yeah. four in a row for for Devil's Reject. I can't believe it. <laughs> you know what's interesting? Tarantino's so happy right now. Yeah, yeah. That that name, even just the names though, Scagnetti is such a like creepy name. Well, you it's know what's such funny? A good name for him. It's such a gross name. But yeah. you know what's funny is uh, in like the Tarantino world, if you watch Reservoir Dogs, when Michael Madsen goes into uh, Lawrence Tierney's. Uh, when he first comes out of jail and he's like in Lawrence Tierney's room, he's with with Chris Penn and they're like wrestling and stuff. It's like a flashback scene. Mm-hmm. They're like, "Who's your parole officer?" And he's like, uh, "Scagnetti." And they're like, "Oh Christ, what a ball buster!" So like they, oh, he uses the same cool. name, Scagnetti. Yeah. So it's just yeah, a gross ass character. Yeah, because he has or his, his brother, his brother or something. You know. Well, Michael Manson's last name is Vega, and then John Travolta's Vega in Vincent Pulp Fiction. Vega, yeah. So they, they might be brothers. There was supposed to be a Vega Brothers movie, but now everybody's just too old and nobody gives a shit anymore. <laughs> so. But yeah, I figured it was like they were brothers or or it might be the same person. I don't know. Yeah. So uh two point two more points for Devil's Rejects running away in the early rounds. So which villains are more likable? Mickey and Mallory or the Firefly family? Uh, I'm gonna go with Mickey and Mallory, man. They're they're super fun. I mean, God, the Firefly family just looks like they fucking stink, man. They just look like they smell <laughs> so bad, and that's a big that's a big turnoff for me. I don't want I don't want to be around a bunch of stinky ass motherfuckers. I grew up in like the punk rock scene. I've dealt with enough bo and disgusting people with fleas on them. Uh, Mickey and Mallory probably don't smell great, but fuck, man, that Firefly family like 
they're they're like yeah. in the sewers and then they never shower. They have access to showers. They never fucking shower, man. So plus Mickey yeah, Otis, Mallory like what is he sleeping next to dead bodies? Oh, he's sleeping next to a dead body and it's like they're just covered in shit the whole time. Mickey Mallory again not likable, but more likable I think than the Firefly family. What do you think? Ah, uh, I have to agree again. So okay. more they're more rootable. Like I like their love story. I think that's pretty cool. The yeah. fact that they just want to be together. They just want to be together and they want to be famous. Like that that whole weird, weird thing kind of sucks like their whole murder thing for sure. But just the fact that like what's important to them is being together, that's kind of fun. That's kind of good. So you're you know, not into the murder. Good, strong. You don't agree with the murder, but you agree. I don't with agree the... with the murder. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm totally with you, man. It's. I would rather. I wouldn't want to hang out with any of them. Let's put it that way. But more <laughs> likable, I definitely agree, Mickey and Mallory. Yeah, and I feel like what happened in the movie. So the Mickey and Mallory kind of had a following because they had that that cool aura to them. You know, like they were yeah. they were doing something different than Devil's Rejects just wanted to keep to themselves in their house and stay there, killing people, living their mm-hmm. life as happy murderers. Whereas Mickey and Mallory were, were out there having an adventure and people were like, yeah, rooting for them. You know, they're just they were likable even in the movie. Yeah, I don't think anybody liked uh, any like the Devil's no. Rejects. No. Yeah. Mickey and Mallory had a cult follow. They had, they had fans. You yeah. know what I mean? It was it was crazy. So. Uh, no, I agree. I think even in in the movies, people would in, in their respective movies, people would agree with us. Mickey Mallory over the Firefly family. So, best direction up next. You're talking about Oliver Stone versus Rob Zombie. Uh, Oswaldo, who who you got? So this was. There's a lot to this one, and it's yeah, it's going to be Oliver Stone. He had a, a better vision, and he knew what he wanted from the movie right from the beginning. I feel like Rob Zombie made a lot of his decisions post-production while he was oh, okay. okay. He, he wrote the story. He knew what he wanted, kind of, but then he got creative. There's nothing wrong with that. Like I've come up with different ideas while editing and made things work, but sure. it was more apparent because especially with like a lot of those slow-mo scenes, slow motion scenes, the ending of Devil's Rejects was all in slow motion. I could And I could tell that he planned that because it was shot at a higher frame rate, yeah. Whereas a lot of other scenes that were in slow motion were shot 24 frames and just slowed down. So they had that like jittery. They were choppy. Yeah. Yeah. They, they looked choppy. They didn't look good. And I feel like he made that decision because he wanted to to work with whatever song he picked. Or you okay. know, I, I feel yeah. like he was more concerned about the music that he picked than the actual story or the scene that was actually happening. He was editing to the soundtrack instead exactly. of. Exactly. Okay. So the Where, soundtrack was dictating. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to get into editing too here in a minute. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. so, so that was that was a, a negative. I felt like he didn't have the the, the vision that okay. uh, that Oliver Stone had. Natural Born Killers was nuts. Like it had so many different styles, so many different like looks to it. But I felt like he he knew which scenes what were going to look different, which scenes were going to look good, which ones were going to be all choppy. Because you can you can tell from a lot of like the TV and old film looking scenes the shots were skewed and then when things look good they were more shot normally so I, I have a feeling that he kind of planned for what he wanted it to ultimately look like yeah yeah he shot a lot of dutch angles and a lot of off off balance stuff so yeah mm-hmm. no i totally agree with you, man oliver stone over over rob zombie i also think that like performance wise oliver stone pushed his actors further than rob zombie did uh, I feel like the only people that Rob Zombie really pushed were were the the people like the 
Banjo and Sullivan people in the in the motel room in the beginning that uh, he kind of walks in on, like the Brian Posehn and those guys, like the two couples that they murder. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, they had the one poor girl just, or both those women just like naked and vulnerable the whole time. But I think the rest of it, and this is really just going against <laughs> Sherry Moon Zombie because she's fucking terrible, man. Yeah. Like Sherry Moon Zombie is, she's not a good actress. And I think that Rob Zombie was like scared to direct her. You know what I mean? Like just to be like, like can, can we try it again? <laughs> Yeah, or like, you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's got to go home and deal with her. So it's like, I mean, that's his lady. Like, I I couldn't drag my wife in something. I don't think I could. I think it'd be terrible. Like, I'd want to, you know, your, your natural inclination is to protect your woman. You know what I mean? Like, to protect your spouse. And it's like, you're not going to try to hurt her. So it's, mm-hmm. I feel like that, like, hey, you're not doing this good enough. You know what I mean? Like, he can't tell her that kind of shit. Like, I couldn't direct. It would be terrible to direct my wife. But... He fucking cast her, man. He wanted to direct her. Yeah. So it's like, that's all on him, man. And then at the same time, it, he wrote it, he directed it. So you're you're kind of, when you, once you're in that like auteur phase, like you you are in charge of everything. So you need to really bring it. Mm-hmm. Oliver Stone, I think, took Quentin Tarantino's low budget, like grimy ass scripts and made this kind of a big budget, I want to say masterpiece, but it's really, really well done, I think. So yeah, I'm going Oliver Stone. 10 times out of 10 on that one. And that's not just because I don't like Rob Zombie as a director. Because, again, I think this is his best movie. But, yeah. man, Oliver Stone, I think, just killed it. You know, And and I think his he he was involved, I know, with the casting of Juliette Lewis and, and Woody Harrelson. I think those were really, really smart choices on his part. Wow, we're agreeing too much here. I, everything everything has lined up so far. I feel yeah. like we're probably going to agree a lot. Even though not, we're not going to say who's going to win, but I think we're going to agree a lot. Yeah. So uh, moving on then, better editing. You kind of touched on this a little bit. But, yeah. uh, I mean, dude, fucking Natural Born Killers, man. Was it 3,000 cuts in that movie versus Holy most movies shit, have really? like, yeah, most movies have like 600 to 700. Natural Born Killers had 3,000. So it was 11 months just editing that movie. Uh, again, The Devil's Rejects wasn't bad editing, but, you know, it's like. Nothing stood out. Yeah, it was it was fine. It just wasn't. It just wasn't anything special. You know what I mean? It's like it's like putting like a mid tier baseball player up against Derek Jeter. And it's like, yeah, like Derek, you're gonna vote for Derek Jeter every time. You know, <laughs> I mean, fuck the Yankees, but you know, whatever. I mean, we don't have to get into that. It's not a sports show, talk show. But yeah, I mean, I mean, it's like, how do you even compare? Unless you're gonna contradict me. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree <laughs> again. I felt like even just the transitions. You know how Rob Zombie tried to get creative with like the sliding and all that, and like yeah. the freeze frame. But again, it looked like they were thought of during the editing process. I felt like he was like, well, well let's do a slide. Like he could have wrote that in to the script, uh, a good transition like that, like this slice mm-hmm. of this scene to make it work. But I, I felt like it was all an afterthought. Well, let me ask you this, though. Do you think that because Devil's Rejects is supposed to be in the 70s, do you think that he was trying to edit it to make it like because those were kind of 70s edits. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, do you think that that factored into his thought process? or I, I think he probably had an idea. I, it just, I felt like he could have done more creative. Okay. Like, I felt like he just kind of used the, the swipes as a transition. As opposed star, to... Star wipes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he could have he could have done them creatively, or at least planned that this was going to be a, a wipe here, or this was going to be a freeze frame. Maybe I should shoot this at a higher frame rate or have him slow down his action, you know? Because mm-hmm. he would just like stop on like blurry pictures sometimes. And it's like, eh. 
Yeah, but was that a? I mean, yeah, was that a stylistic choice, or was that you? You think it was just what he was dealing with in post? I think he had the idea, but I don't think it was properly executed. Yeah. Okay, I'm into that. I love it. All right, so two more for Natural Born Killers. Better editing, Natural Born Killers cinematography. So we're talking about uh, Robert Richardson for Natural Born Killers, which is funny because Robert Richardson actually ended up moving on to be Tarantino's main guy. He did Hateful Lady, he did Kill Bill, like. <laughs> he did a bunch of movies with Tarantino. Oh, like, uh, hey, he let him do, be in this part of this movie. Yeah. So uh, we're doing Robert Richardson versus uh, Phil Parmette, who did, uh, he was uh, Rob Zombie's guy. He did Halloween. He did his Grindhouse short. Uh, he actually did Four Rooms, but not Tarantino's room. So it was interesting. interesting. So, yeah. He did uh, everything but? No, no, no. So are you familiar with Four Rooms? Yeah. Uh-huh. So it was four different directors. I'm sure four different Four different we're talking about. Okay. Yeah. He did the the one with uh, Jennifer Beals, I believe, called The Wrong Man, where he walks in and, and the guy's drunk and he thinks that Tim Roth is there to be with his woman or, you mm-hmm. know, it's one of those one of those kind of stories. But, um, yeah, so who do you think, uh, Robert Richardson or Phil Parment? Who are you taking? I'm going to go again with Natural Born Killers a lot. I just felt like it was more thought out, like they had a, a vision way ahead of time. I don't think it might have just been that Rob Zombie said let's let's make it look like a '70s grindhouse and just stuck with that. Yeah, and then, you know the the cinematography from a '70s grindhouse is not great. You know, it's 16 millimeter, looks shitty. Yeah, but that's probably what they were going for. But it, it, when you compare them, Natural Born Killers just stands out for sure. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, Phil Parmet, he, I think he succeeded in doing what he wanted to do, like you said, which is making this grimy '70s looking movie. But at the same time, Robert Richardson basically made like 10 different movies and then smashed them all together. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it just looks, it looks amazing. Like, when it needs to look shitty and grimy, it does. When it needs to look clean, it does. When it needs to look blown out, it does. Like, everything's there. Like, it took, it probably took forever in editing because they had so much cool shit to work with. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm giving mm-hmm. it to uh, Robert Richardson and Natural Born Killers. So, uh oh, uh oh, it's starting to run away with it. Do you know what I didn't like about uh, this, or at least, one thing that bothered me, and I remember thinking this as a kid too, and it still bothered me again, was when Woody Harrelson has that little animation and he's running through the prison. Mm-hmm. He shaved his head, and then they still kept referring back to that that scene with his long ponytail. And for some reason, oh. I was like, why don't they just reanimate it with a shaved head? Like it would have been cool. Yeah, that bothered me for some reason. <laughs> and I remember oh, as a kid thinking like, oh, he shaved his head already. Why does he still have his ponytail in this scene? Oh yeah, I never even thought about that. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? You know what it might have been. So I don't know if this is true or not. But if you watch the deleted scenes where he's in the courtroom, they keep cutting to like the courtroom, uh, like the sketch artist, and those oh. animations look kind of similar to the sketch artist in that. So I wonder if that's what they were going off of because he still had his ponytail in the courtroom. In the, so. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Also, I it was always weird to me that like he just shows up to save Mallory, like the Skagnetti part, you know, like in the prison riot scene. And she's not like, you shaved your head. Like, she never mentioned yeah, she it. She's just it. like, yeah. She doesn't care. She just likes his eyes. Yeah. Like, if I hadn't seen my wife in a year and I showed up with a big head, she'd be like, what the fuck did you do? <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, better story. Whose turn is it? Uh, I think it's my turn. All right, why don't you go ahead with this? Better story. Devil's Rejects, they were just trying to survive, mm-hmm. right? Mickey and Mallory were, were trying to be together at the... And like from the beginning to the very end, like their their main focus was to be together and to be in love. 
where uh, which I think is a much better story than like shit. We got cops after us that are trying to kill us. Let's just see how we can survive. Let's get out of here. That's basically what it was. They were escaping. So I'm I'm gonna give it up. I'm gonna give it to Natural Born Killers mm-hmm. for a, a more interesting concept of murder. You know. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The, I, I uh, felt like murder was second to the love story. I totally agree with you. Yeah. yeah. Lo- it, it's a love story at heart. It's got actually a really good message about like, you know, we both come from these fucked up childhoods and we're fucked up people, but we found each other and we're just mm-hmm. going to be together and survive. And, you know, there's the push and pull. There's some t- parts where they you think they're breaking up. There's some parts where they cheat on each other. But at the end, it's like all they give a shit about is being together. You yeah. know, and it delivers on everything that it promises. So yeah, I totally agree with you. Better, and then, better story, natural born killers. Yeah, and then what's interesting too is that at the end they also kind of, they 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 even say say it to Robert Downey Jr. that you're our last victim. So they yeah. might have even also given up on trying to be famous and just focus on being together. Yeah. Well, Which and at the I end they're is, in the, they're they're underground. They're in the they're in like that RV with the kids, and you know yeah. they, they've mm-hmm. turned into. Just regular parents at that point. Just a regular family. They turned yeah. into um, the devil's rejects. Basically, <laughs> that's yeah. That's how the story began. <laughs> I do like how the kids, if you watch the kids, they're like pretending to murder each other when they're in the RV. <laughs> like they're like falling down, stabbing each other. So better story leads us into most believable story, which is actually a different category. Yeah. So as much as I think Natural Born Killers is a better story, I think that the devil's <laughs> rejects is a more believable story. You know what I mean? Like you got a psycho family... On the run until they get caught, sure. <laughs> yeah, I could see that happening, you know. Yeah. Natural Born Killers, there's a prison riot, there's a TV show, it's all fucking crazy and over the top. Uh, you got a couple of, uh, you got them, you got them like fighting through the prison riot to get to each other. You got, you got cops that are, that are trying to bang them and all this, you know, it's just like, <laughs> fuck no. Crazy family, they get caught and they go on the run until they get killed. Done. Believable. Totally believable. What uh what do you think? I'm gonna have to agree. And and it's I, w- I didn't even <laughs> think is, about this is yeah. so boring. Yes. I know. Okay. Um I didn't even think about like your your concept of like the whole how complicated natural born killers was. Mm-hmm. To me it was just like white people are fucking nuts. <laughs> I could totally see them like this is the kind of thing, like an, an excluded family in the middle of nowhere doing some fucked up shit. Yeah. And yeah, like yeah getting away with it for a long time and and then you find out like you go into this house and it's like oh god there's been like all these murder victims yet you know this it does happen so and it was the 70s which is like a prime like like a uh, serial killer era you know yeah. 60s 70s 80s it was a great great era for serial killers oh so but yeah man we'd be crazy i get it <laughs> all right so best soundtrack slash needle drop moment what do you think we think big guy oh it's my turn Okay, so again, I mentioned I had the CD as a kid, so yeah. that that soundtrack has just stuck with me for a long time. So I do love the Natural Born Killer soundtrack. Yeah, I think it's, it was really cool. It was creative. Um, I felt like it was it was more diverse too. Like had like a bunch of different type of music. Yeah. Whereas I think Rob Zombie was just like, you know, I like I like these this type of I don't know. Yeah, like classic rock. It's like a very yeah, era it's, it's, I'm not a big fan of classic rock, so I'm I, I think really maybe, not either. Yeah. yeah. I, and, and it wasn't a bad soundtrack. Like that I'm as free as a bird now. Like when that came on, I felt that. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was a good choice for that scene. Yeah. That's um, probably, and, I think, the best use of Freebird in any movie I've ever yeah, seen. Yeah, right. I was just like, oh, uh-huh. wow, this like actually fucking, this actually works. And you have Otis when he's driving the car and he kind of like, 
he's the one who sees the cops because because uh, Baby and Captain Spaulding are asleep in the back, and everybody's all shot up and beat up. And he sees him; he's just so defeated and like yeah, sad looking. It's the first time you see him like sad in the whole movie. Yeah, that's true. He's like, I'm not gonna survive this one. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But again, yeah. it's a classic rock. It's a 70s movie, or it's a movie that's based in the 70s, so it's very 70s heavy music, which is not my favorite era of rock and roll. But yeah, Natural Born Killers, man, you got Rage, you got Leonard Cohen, you got L7, you got Nine Inch Nails doing original songs, you got Patti Smith. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it was how, good do you, stuff. how do you fucking fight with that? Plus, there's that scene like, I mean, we want to talk about needle drop moment. Do you have a needle drop moment or no? I do, yeah. So, uh, it's probably, you can probably guess it, but it, it is Rage Against the Machine with uh, Bomb Track. Just oh, that yeah, moment he, was so good. Yeah. So I, I, that was my original answer when I looked at this category. And I remember as a kid and like watching this, like, fuck, man, that, mo- that part is so good. But literally a couple of shots before that, there's uh, a scene where it's like from a security camera, like right when the riot's breaking out. And they're playing Nine Inch Nails' song "Burn." It's so fucking good. It's just like, oh god, it like really just gets you hyped. So I get it. Bomb track. If I hadn't rewatched it, that would have been my answer. But when I rewatched it this time, that Nine Inch Nails song hits so much harder than that Rage song for me. So better soundtrack, definitely, definitely Natural Born Killers. I'm gonna give a, a a comparison here as far as direction and editing goes. So Free as a Bird was a good choice. It's just called Freebird, man. Sorry. <laughs> free as a free bird. Just free bird. Free bird free is uh, a good choice for for the movie, right? So it was awesome. But that scene lasted the whole fucking song. That song and that song is forever. Yeah, he <laughs> he like dragged that out. That was a long thing. Now, bomb track, he used he actually chopped up that song and used different instrumentals to make mm-hmm. it work with the scene. Yeah. So I, I felt like he was okay. Story first, everything else come. You know, story's king when it comes to movies. Sure. And I felt like Oliver Stone knew that and focused on the story for that scene, and that's why it works so well. With Rob Zombie, yeah. I think he was like, "I really like the song. I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna put this whole damn song on on here. Yeah. And much, just keep I pay for it. it down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, so, I totally agree. Yeah. yeah. It, and plus, when when uh, Bond Track kicks in. It's right when Woody Harrelson elbows the guard in the face, and Zach De La Rocha from joke. Rage goes, "Ugh!" Like it's almost like the guards yelling, "Ugh!" Yeah, uh, yeah, that joke's ridiculous. No, hundred uh, percent. Everything you said is correct. I hundred percent agree with you. Go back and rewatch that. Go rewatch that Prison Break. That Nine Inch Nails song just hit so fucking hard in that scene. I was like, if again, if I hadn't rewatched it, I would have said Bomb Track, just because I remember that hitting so hard mm, when I was yeah. a kid. But now rewatching it, that Nine Inch Nails song steals it for me. It's a yeah. There was so many moments though where the music just hit so well, and that last song from Leonard Cohen, the uh, mm-hmm. yeah, da, 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 da. yeah, it's Leonard Cohen. I loved how he used it for the credits. He's like, I really mm-hmm. want to use this whole song, so I'm just gonna use it for the credits, as opposed yeah. to like just making it fit in the scene again, <laughs> you know, to like free as a bird, free. <laughs> <laughs> there used to be a restaurant out here. I think they're in Texas still called Free Birds. And they had a burrito called the Super Monster. And it wasn't a challenge, but I went in there. It was like the biggest burrito I ever seen. And I ate it. <laughs> I just destroyed this burrito. And the guy who made it, he walks over and he's like, dude, that was the fastest I've ever seen anyone eat a burrito that size in my entire <laughs> life. And he gave me a free brownie. So I still oh. had to pay for the burrito, but at least I got a free brownie. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Do uh, remember, I don't know if I could do that anymore. but Yeah. Do you remember when we were in Vegas and they had an all-you-can-eat ribs? We had I a do. competition. I do remember that. Yeah. yeah. 
I don't remember uh, the the result, but I know we both did pretty well. We did pretty good. That's when I realized that uh, that ribs uh, they kind of shoot through me like a silver bullet. <laughs> so I don't really eat a ton of ribs unless I'm at my house now. So yeah, I was like, oh, I got to get back to my hotel room like immediately. So. <laughs> <laughs> my friend, my friend uh, has a girlfriend. His girlfriend in town from Brazil, and she brought her sister. And for some reason, he's like, she says she can eat more than you. I've never met this girl. But we're going to have a, apparently a burrito off here in the next oh, couple of days. that's yeah. good. <laughs> Don't care about this. She's like a 100-pound Brazilian girl. I'm like, whatever, man. All right, you, we'll see. I will say you're the only person who can drink a beer faster than me that I know. Really? I yeah. can drink. I do. Uh, I can drink liquids very fast. Dangerously, dangerously yeah. fast. So. I know. I've, I've always like blew everybody out of the water. And then when I went against you, I was like, all right, I got this. And you were done. I was like, <laughs> what the hell? It didn't make sense to me. I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> I couldn't comprehend it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, the only time I've ever lost a, a chugging contest was this girl who seriously was like 105 pounds when I lived in the D.C. area. Oh, and she wow. could just, she just, she had that ability to like, I guess she doesn't have, a she doesn't have a reflex. gag reflex, so she can just like open up her throat and pour it in. So she beat me with like a tenth of a second every time. Wow. I was just like, God damn it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I've always uh, prided myself on just being able to slam, slam liquids. Can I monetize it? I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. yeah. <laughs> I think we're probably going to agree with this question. I don't know how fair this question is, but uh Worst father figure. Yeah, I don't know who if you should get a point for being the worst or but I don't want to give somebody the a point best for being father. Bad. Yeah, yeah. So I don't want to give either one the point, but the, uh, it's phrases worst father figure. So. Yeah, here, here's here's why I think we can give it a point because these movies are supposed to be disturbing. Like yeah. that's the point. You're supposed to make people feel uncomfortable. So I think if if one is worse, they probably did a better job. Sure. Well, what do you what are you thinking? Of course. Rodney fucking Dangerfield? Oh, God. Yeah, dude. It's gotta be, man. Man, I... He was very... He made me very uncomfortable, like, the whole time. big old bug eyes. Oh, oh God. God. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What's the thing? It's like, it's Rodney, dude. It's gotta be Rodney. Like, here's the thing. As bad as Spalding was, and it's, you know, he raised his kids to be these kind of psychopaths, he still comes to help them. You know what I mean? Like, when there's trouble, he's still there to help. Like, Rodney was an abuser. He was a fucking rapist. Spalding bought baby ice cream. Yeah, I don't see. Uh-huh. I don't see Rodney like, buying. Come on, get the kids some ice cream. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing: there was the one shot, and it always really bothered me. And it, I don't know why, but the, when they're 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 on American Maniacs, and there's kind of like a flashback, and it's like they're talking about how Mallory, Mickey Mallory, murdered her parents. And there's a shot; it's like a Polaroid almost of the family, and they're like all sitting at the table together, but they're all smiling and having a good time. And it's like, oh, dude. Oh, like, yeah. Because maybe it wasn't all bad, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like there was that moment of them, like they're all laughing together, and it's like, yeah, like even the worst families have that one moment every once in a while where it's like, hey, we're okay, you know? Like, but yo, fuck Rodney, dude. There was stuff too, oh like God. so apparently, like he wouldn't do the scene where he's grabbing her ass, so like those aren't his hands, and that's not Juliet Lewis's ass when he's like, oh come on, I'm gonna see how clean you are, you know what oh I mean? God. Like, yeah, yeah. So it's all it's all body doubles and stuff like that. Even Rodney was like, oh, "I'm not fucking doing yeah. that, man. Oof. No way." So, but speaking oh, of Spalding buying his daughter ice cream, Oswaldo, are you a key lime pie fan or a tutti fucking fruity fan? In general, I would probably go with the key lime pie, but that key lime pie looked fucking disgusting. It looked like Jello. <laughs> yeah, that's not how you make a key lime. Oh, yeah. so are we are we talking about specifically in the movie yeah, that's or just how in I general? Took it. Oh, that's okay. how I took I just, it. Yeah. I took it in, as in general because yeah, oh. that's not like the <laughs> one of my first jobs. I was like fifteen, working at a restaurant, and they were like, "Yeah, you don't." If the key lime pie looks like that, that's that's bad key lime pie. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. Oh, I didn't take it as that. Okay. I, I so did. I took okay, it as so like just in general key lime pie over tutti frutti ice cream. So <laughs> I don't think I know what tutti frutti ice cream is. I don't know that it's even around anymore. I feel like it's a uh obviously like it's got like fruit chunks in it, maybe, or or I don't know. I don't know if I've ever had it. Like it seems yeah. like something that existed in the seventies and eighties that isn't isn't really around anymore. But I, I will tell you, I will take any ice cream over that key lime pie in that scene. That looked gross. That key lime pie looked fucking terrible. And then he he follows it up with a glass of non-fat milk. Yeah, like uh-huh. get out. You don't eat you don't eat Jello with. Uh, you know what? I'm saying this. My family's Lithuanian, right? My dad's side is all Lithuanian, and they they do eat Jello with milk. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a well, Lithuanian th- or canned peaches. Those are the two desserts. We do have so. a milk-based Jello. I don't know if you ever tasted that before. So it's like a white we, we as in Mexicans? Mexicans, yeah. Okay, or I, I guess no. the Latin Americans, because I don't think it's a Mexican-specific thing. But we have a Jello that's like a, a milk-based, so it's like a white... I don't know what kind of milk they use. It's probably that uh, condensed milk, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that, though. Uh, that's so good. And I, I remember this scene as a kid, too, because I used to drink non-fat milk, and I loved milk as a kid. So I was like, yeah, that's fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I, I found Tutti Frutti ice cream is... Every bit as fun to eat as it is to say. This delicious vintage flavor is full of tropical fruit flavors like banana, pineapple, orange, lemon, and cherry. Tastes like a cool and creamy fruit salad. Yeah. Mm, I don't know, man. I mean, over that key lime pie, yeah. You know what? Fuck. You can't See, change your answer. As, yeah. I know. I took it as key lime pie in general. So that's our <laughs> first That's our first divide is that stupid fucking question. <laughs> Good. At least we have something that we can disagree on. Yeah. All right. God, I, hope, I don't want to eat that key lime pie, though. Well, going from that question into the most intense scene. Yeah. <laughs> because that's an easy that's an easy segue. Yeah, fucking Tutti Frutti <laughs> ice cream versus the most intense scene of two of the most violent movies of all time. Whoa, what, do you, what do you think? What was your most intense turn? scene? I don't okay. know. Why don't I'm you gonna just go, go? I'm going to go with Otis and the, the country singer. Oh that my just God. went what, on for we way are too not, long. We are not disagreeing on anything. Oh go ahead. God. Oh, <laughs> shit. Yeah, that went... That, okay, so Rodney Dangerfield, like... It had that like '90s sort of a uh, uh, sitcomness to it, so it kind of eased the pain, I guess, a little bit. But it was also over really quick. This kept going. Mm-hmm. This scene with freaking Otis, he just kept it just when lasted he takes Roy, way too long. When he long. takes Roy and Adam out to the desert, no, no, I'm sorry, the, with the country, the girl, where he's oh, taking his gun. Oh, oh, and, oh yeah. yeah. Oh God, yeah. Okay. Yeah, with uh, what was her name, Priscilla? Yeah. Burnt that scene. That just it, it lasted. It felt like like a 10 minutes it was probably only like two minutes but it felt like it went on for 10 minutes and then everyone's watching mm-hmm. and they're oh god that that to me was the most intense scene for sure oh wow okay see i was thinking otis but when he takes roy and adam out into the desert right after that mm, and he's okay. like we're gonna go dig up some guns and it turns into the thing where like they're hitting him with like sticks and it's this huge fist fight and they can win. They have so many opportunities to win. I was literally on the edge of my seat like, get the fucking gun. Hit him with it harder with the stick. Hit him yeah, again. Like, They're so close, but they keep fucking it up. And then he ends up putting the knife into it. And it's just like, God damn, like literally of all these fucking, of all these, because it's also played completely serious. You know what I mean? Like this, yeah. is, this is life or death shit. So yeah, no, I was going with Otis, but when he yeah, when he takes Roy and Adam out and he tells him straight up, he's like, Yeah, I'm gonna take you out here, we're gonna take these guns, I'm gonna fucking kill you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's what's that's yeah. what's happening, you know. So no, I uh Otis, man, he was he was brutal. So Yeah, he was. And and like the way he spoke, he like spoke properly, which was even scarier. 
Yeah. For some reason, like he didn't have any accent. He just kind of spoke normally and He's like he might have a slight accent. Gross but hair was, and he, he like yeah. moves the hair out of his face and yeah, oh, and he's God. and he quotes when he says that thing about like uh, I'm vengeance or whatever, like that's a Charles Manson quote. So uh, it was just like, oh god. Well, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otis. Otis probably the creepiest character of this whole thing, right? I mean, he's sleeping with a dead body. He's he's Yeah, he's also we, like we don't very, have that as a category, but it's you know, he's he just definitely looks the like cre- shit. And he's he's got like the whole rape thing going on, which is very uneasy, of course. Yeah. I feel and like he's that's covered in murder. blood. He's like literally covered in blood yeah. the entire movie, but like other people's blood. He's just like walking around like, yeah, whatever. I got fucking blood all over me. Yeah, you know? he's just his shirt. And he doesn't, he doesn't. All right, so that's the most intense scene, John. But what was your favorite scene? So my favorite scene, I think, of both of these movies is the end of the prison break from Natural Born Killers, where like they're in the um, they're in like the bathroom, like the showers, and Mallory's like, "Why don't we just go out and hail the bullets?" And Woody Harrelson's <laughs> like. He goes, yeah, it's a it's a good plan. If all else fails, we'll do that. But in the meantime, like, let's try to get the fuck out of here. And then he tapes the shotguns, one to Duncan Duncan Homoka's head and one to uh, Wayne Gale's head, and they walk out. But then it's also, it's not only the way they position themselves to get out of there, like the way they have the guns positioned on these guys, but it's also Tommy Lee Jones and Juliette Lewis just fucking screaming at each yeah. other. Oh, God. You know, it's so he's like, that will never happen. Like, Tommy that, Lee Jones I think, was is fucking awesome scene. in this movie. Yeah, no, he's great. That I think is my favorite, uh, my favorite scene of the whole thing. But let, let's say that from when they get to that point, from when Tommy Lee Jones stops them and he's like, "End of the line, Knox," until they get out of the jail. I'm gonna take that whole part. What about you? What's your favorite scene? I'm gonna go with Natural Born Killers, but I'm gonna choose a different scene. So I'm actually gonna go with in the beginning the diner scene. I oh felt, yeah, yeah. I feel yeah, like that I was the a good, scene. yeah, good introduction to the characters, good introduction to their relationship to each other. Like she, she just beats the shit out of that guy, like which is fucking awesome. You see this little girl beating the shit out of this, this yeah. big guy who's just being an asshole, and Mickey's just sitting there letting it happen. He doesn't get involved until the other person tries to get involved. You know, he's like letting her do her thing, like totally respecting her wishes. Yeah, to kill that that guy, like not a problem. You got this. You don't need my help. Yeah, yeah I thought no, that was totally. fucking cool. Yeah, oh, it's so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the thing. Two things about that. The first one is so Oliver Stone originally was like, we want Juliet Lewis to like bulk up. And mm-hmm. be like big and ripped for this movie. And she was like, no, I want her to look like she's a pushover. But that way, when she kicks ass, everybody's like, holy shit, you know? Yeah. So the deal that he made with her was like, you don't have to pull, bulk up, but you do have to take like fighting classes. Yeah. So that when it's time to fight, you look like you know how to fight. And she did. She looked like she knew how to fight. She did. Those were accurate. Like those were actual punches. Like the way she, her stance and everything, like her punches yeah. or jabs were all like solid. And the guy's yeah. reaction too was like, what the fuck? Like he didn't yeah, know what like, to what do. What the hell is going on here? Yeah. Uh, the other thing that always it makes me fucking it, it always like confuses me is so the guy goes and he's like dancing with Mallory right and he's being all creepy and stuff and then the the other like redneck dude sits next to Mickey and uh, he's like oh look at that piece of ass or whatever and Mickey's like her name is Mallory and the guy's like whatever I call her pussy and it's like he obviously knows who that girl like <laughs> he obviously is with that girl he knows her name. And you're going to be like, well, fuck, I don't give a shit. Her name's pussy and you're a fucking pussy and I don't give a shit. about it. It's like, you're asking for fucking trouble, bro. You're yeah. asking for this guy to kick the shit out of you. But yeah, <laughs> every time I watch that, I'm like, I wouldn't be like, oh, man, look at that girl. And somebody's like, oh, her name's Mallory. And be like, oh, that's obviously your lady. All right, cool, man. I'm going to just Oh, she looks very beer. nice. Yeah. Yeah. She looks. Yeah. You <laughs> obviously are not a fucking psychopath. Like, you're not a natural born killer. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's he is so fucking. 
it's so weird and yeah. off-putting. But, I mean, but, yeah, I mean, the thing is... They, it's a great also, setup, though. It's a great setup. Yeah. yeah, and they also come in as a, a pair, like on a pair of three. They also come in as three people, so they probably think like no one's going to fuck with them. They probably have that attitude for the well, most part. Well, and they're regulars, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, because she knows that they're... If you watch, like, he sits down, she knows she knows their order because uh, she hands them each a different beer. Like, she doesn't just hand them two, like, Budweiser. Okay. She hands one guy, like, a Miller and one guy a Bud. So she knows these guys, and he knows her name, you know? Hmm. So, yeah, they're regulars there. They probably think nobody's going to fuck with them. But, yeah, definitely people... People definitely fucked with them. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, no, I love that scene, yeah. All right, favorite character. We got lots of characters to choose from here. There's so many characters. Yeah. Kind of, we kind of buried the lead on this a little bit um, on my favorite scene, but uh, Warden McCluskey, Tommy Lee Jones is my favorite character, <laughs> man. Because like, here's the thing: I love uh, Mickey Mallory, great characters. Wayne Gale's a great character, but uh, McCluskey shows up like halfway through. And just for me, just steals the rest of the movie. Like he's like, "Shut up, Gail, you prick, Mickey Mallory." Like Tom yeah. Lee Jones, just chewing the scenery, he's insane, fucking having so much fun. Uh, he's so memorable. Uh, I I just think he steals the show, and he's amazing. And he's only in it for the second. Like they don't even mention him before they show up at the prison. And the prison's the mid, like the prison is the midpoint of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, from from there to the end, and it's like. He like grabs the dude and he like puts the clamp on his nose and like ties floss on so he can't move. And he's just like so disgusting and nobody likes him. He's like, he gets all mad at Wayne Gale because he's like, we're live. He's like, this prick is going to tell me what the fuck I'm going to do in my jail. Fuck him. And, like, <laughs> Warden McCluskey, man, just for me, just fucking steals the show. One thing that was very interesting that I noticed uh, th- this round, I know he was in Batman and Robin with Jim Carrey. And yeah. supposedly he hated Jim Carrey. Like Jim Carrey said that he wouldn't like talk to him or like, just completely ignored him and what was funny is that his character reminded me of jim carrey's character in batman and robin how oh, really? like extreme and just like super like loud and like in your face so <laughs> i just thought that was pretty interesting no i love that yeah. yeah was that wait which one came out first though i'm pretty sure this came out first that's actually a good question though Let's i'm, lo- I'm looking it up right now hold on batman and robin came- oh 97 yeah this was years before that yeah so that's interesting. So he was doing a Jim Carrey impression almost before he before, ever knew yeah. that he needed Jim Carrey. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, he's so, he's so, Tommy Lee Jones is so amazing in everything he does. Yeah. So wait, who's, who's your favorite character? I'm going to go with someone you probably expect. But of all these characters, I'm going to go with Danny Trejo. <laughs> what? And, and hear me out. Hear me out. Okay. So first of all, it's Danny Trejo. He's always fun. And he, he like, he, you could tell he was just having fun. But I, I love what Rob Zombie did with him in this movie. So typically you set up, you introduce a, a big bad villain midway through. And usually they like, they talk all this shit. They're the toughest ones. It's like, you don't bomb a house. You hire an exterminator. This is what we do. And they fucking do it. They capture them. Like, as you're watching it, you're going to think, all right, these two guys, Danny Treyu and the, was that guy a wrestler? Who was the second yeah, it's guy? Yeah, Di- his name is Diamond Dallas Page. He, he they had him really uglied up. Like he's not handsome to begin with, but like they really like, they really pushed like how, how gross he looked in that movie. So, uh, yeah, well, that's the thing. You're, you're just picking Dan Trejo, not Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah. Well, it's just cause then, cause it's the one character. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. But I, I love the fact that they came in there. They, they captured him. Like they, they actually did what they were going to do. Usually in these movies, it's a setup to show you how badass the heroes are that they kill these other guys. But yeah. they actually did it, and then that's it. They were done, and they they, they won. did their job. Yeah, yeah. The uh, 
But also Danny Trejo, if you think about it, like he he is different than Diamond Dallas Page because he's the one who talks uh, the William Forsyth character kind of like he takes him away and he talks to him. He's like, hey man, like don't, you gotta you know don't yeah. worry about him. Like you still hire us, you know, because because he almost Diamond Dallas Page almost costs them the job. Yeah, remember mm-hmm. they're at the trailer park, but. He was a fun wrestler. I I, I used to like him. Uh, he wasn't one of my favorites, but I, I enjoyed watching him. But uh, all right, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, Danny Trejo. Is there yeah. no other? Is there no other Mexican actors in this either of these two movies? <laughs> yeah. I think that was it. Maybe the old Indian man. Yeah, that guy. That guy was actually next, pretty next cool. Beth, next yeah. best. Next <laughs> Mickey and Mallory could have been an easy choice, but I, I, honestly, I just like the fact that they made these characters like these badass characters, and they kept them badass. I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. Like, like I said, most movies I think would have made the choice to to kill him off, and just to show you how cool you know the uh, the Captain Spaulding is, you know, or Otis, because they can yeah. take care of Danny Trejo and uh, what's the wrestler's name? Diamond Dallas Page. Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask you this. So, I was wondering this when I was watching it again, like, because there's the whole scene where where Diamond Dallas Page and Danny Trejo they show up at like the whorehouse. And it's all done with, there's no dialogue, but you see people kind of talking. Do you think that, and, and there's music playing over it, but I was wondering, like, was Sherry Moon Zombie's acting so fucking bad that Rob Zombie just <laughs> had to, like, take out all the dialogue of everybody because he couldn't just take out hers. We had to take out everybody's and then put music over it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it worked for what they were doing, but at the same time, I was like, I feel like these guys should be talking shit to each other, and they just were not. You know? Yeah. I, I would probably, again, I think a lot of the decisions were made in post. And he was like, yeah. oh, this is fucking horrible. This what can we do? Awful, you know, she's cut out the sound, yeah. And Sherry, you're killing me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, speaking of that, which movie do you think had uh, better dialogue? That's a, I, I'm, I, th- I think that's an easy one for sure. I mean, Natural Born Killers. And uh, not that the dialogue was, this is probably Rob Zombie's best written dialogue, I think. Mm-hmm. I, but I, I, it might have just been the performances were so much better in Natural Born Killer that I think uh, it was just more believable all around. Like, I think it was just yeah. better. Well, and also, like, literally every, like, I don't mind profanity in movies, but literally they were like, every every word was like, oh, fucking mother, fuck, fuck this, fuck yeah. you. And it was just like, whoa, like, hold hold on. Like, <laughs> you're just like, you, you, you can use cuss words and swear words I think to accent your dialogue, but like when it's the bulk of your dialogue, I yeah, think you're just taking <laughs> away from the rest of it. So it's just like speaking. They're, they're looking at those, yeah. those f words. Listen to your dog <laughs> just throwing out f words left and right. Yeah, I 100% agree with you though. Uh, I think that the the back and forth with a lot of these characters in Natural Born Killers is really good. I love when uh, Woody Harrelson's like, "Do you believe in reincarnation, Wayne?" He's like, "Yeah, uh, yeah, I believe we've all lived many times." Like he's just like it's like a throwaway for him. Like, yeah, come on, let's go. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I think it's so good. Uh, I think everyone, like you said, the performances are just better, which I think because they had better dialogue to work with, it let them perform better. So, I mean, the the, the dialogue wasn't terrible in in Natural Born Killer. I mean, I'm sorry, in um, Devil's Rejects, a lot of the profanity kind of was just like too much. And, and yeah. again, Sherry mm-hmm. Zombie's delivery on everything was so fucking terrible. That I was just like, ugh. But I would uh, have to say, this is probably the best performance I've seen from her. From her, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember. Like, I watched. Th- I, I remember not liking Three from Hell. I remember. I don't. I, I don't, don't know if I watched that movie. I don't remember if I watched. It's like a sequel to this. So yeah. It's like, it's eh, a, well, yeah. this is a sequel to House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, which I but then forgot about as Three well. from Hell is a sequel to this. Yeah, or it's like a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but yeah, like I've seen, yeah, I, I, I think I saw, was it Salem or House of Salem or something like that? And it was just like, whatever. I have no interest in watching this fucking Monsters movie. Like, it's just, yeah, uh, I don't care about her. Like, I get it, dude. You want to put your lady in stuff. But at the same time, it's like, why don't you put the best actress in stuff? You know, mm-hmm. like Tim Burton does that with, um, with what's her name? Um, Marla. Yeah, but what's her fucking name? Um, <laughs> uh, Helena Bottom Carter. Got it. I didn't look it up. Tim Burton does that with Helena Bottom Carter, but Helena, Helena Bottom Carter's a great actress. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, she's compelling she's and she's talented. interesting uh-huh. to watch and she does cool stuff. But uh, Sherry Moon Zombie just kind of like, she's just reading the lines. You know, like, she's mm-hmm. never done anything where I was like, oh, that's an interesting choice. You know, it's just her like, spouting off bullshit yeah no best dialogue definitely you know what one thing though i did like uh i don't know if we're going to get into this with the three deaths that's coming up but so when when otis goes to kill i was talking about my most intense scene when otis takes uh adam out to the the desert to kill him and adam's like fuck you and otis is like ah that's what they all say fuck you fuck you you know it's kind of funny but then when william forsyth has baby on the ground and she's dead. She, he's going to kill her. She goes, fuck you. And I was like, oh, that's a great callback, though. Well, you know what I mean? Like, So let's just say the dialogue wasn't all terrible. Yeah. Um, but to be like, oh, that's what they all say. And then baby's not any more special than anyone else. She does the same thing. That's and then funny. her, you know, her brother shows up. And go, on purpose. I don't, they just I don't know, swear all the time. <laughs> I, I'd, like to, I'd like to give him the credit for it because I think if it is a callback, it's fucking great. And I think it's a very subtle callback. That's good. You know? Yeah, I didn't get they that. Didn't like, they didn't like push it home. William Forsyth wasn't like, that's what they all say. You know? mm-hmm. The um, Otis character was very preachy. I like that. I like that yeah. we were all different. Like Baby was her own weird self, but Otis was like very like preachy and like just his speeches were great. And then Captain Spaulding was just, he was very charming in a creepy yeah. ass way. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was it was an interesting dynamic, and I liked their relationship with each other too. Like you could tell that Baby and Otis were brother and sister, or half brother and sister, whatever the hell they are. And yeah. then uh, Captain Spaulding was like very like loving to to at least to Baby for sure. And you could tell he he had a, a sense of responsibility for Otis, even though they didn't see eye to eye. Mm-hmm. But he still cared, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He just wanted him to like fucking relax, you know, what I mean? <laughs> like have some fun, bro. You yeah. Know? Well, Oswaldo, it's that time in the show, our favorite time. That's all right, ladies and gentlemen. It's a three deaths, best death, most deserved death, most gruesome death. I feel like we should just do that podcast, just those three, and then we'll we'll be out. You yeah. know what I mean, do a mm-hmm. five minute podcast. So it's just called the best <laughs> death. It's called the three death podcast. <laughs> I uh, like that. Yeah. I was your best death of both these. There's a lot of death in these movies. What is the best death in your opinion? Best death. I think I'm going to give it to Scagnetti. That whole okay. scene was fucking crazy. Like, it was cool. Like, you build up this, this character who you just keep hating and hating and hating. And, like, it's at the peak of where you hate him the most. And that's when you kill him. And yeah. I love the fact that there's this, this standoff and uh, Mickey's like, they're, they're both like staring at each other and be like, well, look, I'm going to shoot you. If you shoot me, you know, we're basically both dead here at this point. And then Mickey, again, respecting his woman, he's like, all right, you got me. Because he knows he saw yeah. Mallory getting up and she's just taking out her revenge on him, which was fucking awesome. After yeah. what all that shit she put him through, you know, because of them, they're in jail. Because of him, they were separated. So she just took all that violence out on him, which was awesome. Yeah, and he had like maced her and beat her up and all that stuff. I also like, though, that in that scene, so Mickey's got him in his sights and it's a kind of a Mexican standoff. 
Uh, is that offensive, by the way? Mexican standoff? Is that I don't know where that term? term came from. Like, I don't understand it. I, I should okay. look it up. You're not I, offended by it. No. At the moment. Uh-uh. All right. Yeah. So we're going to we're going to keep going. Then. So, <laughs> but Mallory gets up behind him. And Mickey's like, it's, it's probably he's got that gleam in his eye. Sta- I'm sure there's statement. something offensive about it. Yeah. But, <laughs> but we'll, for the people we'll, at home, we'll let it we go. don't know. Oz, you're from Mexico City. So, you know. Not from Mexico City. Aren't you from Mexico City? Mm-mm. I'm from uh, a like, town, like far from Mexico. No, no, like but two like. Hours. I thought you were like suburbs of Mexico City. Though, right? No. Not even in the what? States. Yeah. Really? I'm from Morelos. Tlaquitenango. What was I thinking? I'm like two hours from Mexico City, but it's... Is it's that the next biggest city day. to you, though? Uh, no, we have bigger cities in the the state that I'm from. Oh, my God. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah. Um, what are we fucking talking about? The, oh, the, uh, I, what, the thing I like about that scene, though, in the, in the standoff scene mm-hmm. was... Um, so... Scagnetti's got the gun on Woody Harrelson. Juliette Lewis stands up behind him, and 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 Woody Harrelson's like, "All right, Jack, you win." But there's like six other people in the room, and nobody says anything. <laughs> Nobody's like, "She's behind <laughs> you." Right. You're All the right. cops are there and shit. Nobody fucking yeah. Don't Wayne Gale is there. The camera guy's there. The sound guy's there. Nobody's like, "Hey, behind you!" Like they're just all like, "Yeah, it's, it's cool. We're gonna let scene. Scagnetti yeah. fucking take it." Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's a great death. I love that. I love that scene. That whole fucking I, Tom Sizemore. God, man. Like, what a tragic story because he was so fucking talented, especially in the 90s. He had so many great, great characters. And then up until maybe Sammy Private Ryan was kind of the last thing I remember him being in that I was really like, God, this guy's fucking special. Uh, he got involved with drugs and Heidi Fleiss and fucking ruined him. But uh, yeah, Skagnetti's great. Uh, I'm actually going to disagree with you, though. Uh, I think the best death is actually from Devil's Rejects. So it's the really uncomfortable scene in the motel when... It's Gloria and it's the other girl and the, the one girl's in the bathroom and then Gloria's kind of like, she pulls the gun on Baby and Baby's standing there and out of nowhere, Baby from across the room flings the knife and it goes right <laughs> into it and you see that reaction of her and I was just like, I had forgotten that's how she died and I was I, out loud, I was like, oh shit, like, <laughs> it's so fast, but it's so cool looking. Like, I think that was done as practically as they could do. I know, no, I know Rob Zombie. CGI. Tr- I was, was it? I know yeah. he, tr- he tried to do as many practical effects as possible. The blood but, looked um, fucking good. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it wasn't bad. It yeah. just wasn't as good as Natural Born Killers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but no, my my. I think the best death is Gloria when Baby fucking chucks the knife that, across that the room. Out of nowhere, yeah, mm-hmm. it goes right into her chest. Yeah, yeah. Most deserved death. I gotta go with. Uh, I gotta go with Wayne Gale from Natural Born Killers. Man, like as much as I love Robert Downey Jr. in that, I think he's got such a great performance. Mm-hmm. Um. But literally everything he did in that movie was for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Literally everything he did was for the wrong reasons. He only did it for himself. He did it for ratings. You know what I mean? He was like cheating on his wife. He's just a piece of shit fucking Geraldo ripoff TV piece of shit guy. And I was like, yeah, man, at the end, and and it's all his fault when they're yeah. like, oh, he's like, you always leave someone to tell your tale. And they're like, your camera. And it's like, yeah, fuck you. He deserved yeah. to die. I mean- I don't want to steal your answer. Maybe Rodney Dangerfield. <laughs> you know what I mean? But but other than that, like, God, Wayne Gale, man. And like, at the end, he's like shooting people. Like, he's killing people. Like, he's not a good person. He just person. goes nuts, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think I would have given it to Rodney, but he was just in the movie for such a short amount of time that I went with Wayne Gale. So, what well, do you think? You, you didn't give it to Rodney, but I will. 
Yeah. All oh, right. God. <laughs> I'm telling you. Because as I, I, was, I was saying it, I was like, <laughs> oh, God, it probably should be Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. It, like, he wasn't in it for that long, but he's such a fucking impact. It was so, he was so creepy, man. He's disgusting. Oh, he's he was awful. disgusting. And, he, like, he just did, I mean, to, to, to be fair, he did such a good job at being that creep. Yeah. Oh, it was God. only the only dramatic role he ever played was in that movie. That really? Was it. Like, yeah. Man. Because, I mean, he wasn't, for here's the thing about Rodney, like, he wasn't even in entertainment until he was older. You know what I mean? Like, mm. he was in as a young man, and then he left and, like, went and had a normal life, and then he kind of came back in his, like, 50s. He did stand-up, right? That yeah, he like, was a big big stand-up. Dude. He actually discovered he actually discovered a ton, a ton, a ton of people, especially in the 80s. Um, a bunch of comedians, that, like like Belzer and Louis Anderson and all those, like, they all come up, they came up through Rodney. Um, so I he was... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love Louis. <laughs> did you ever watch Baskets? With Zach Galifianakis, show. I you know I saw his performances though. Like I, I Dude, forgot you got to watch. Yeah, he was oh, so God, good. You got to watch Louis. Saw. Yeah, yeah. Because um, he's not play, he's playing Zach's Galifianakis's mother, but yeah. he's not like I'm a lady. He's mm-hmm. just playing it as him in a dress and a wig. Um, but uh, his his first I think his first movie performance ever was Caddyshack. Because there's a rumor about him like being Caddyshack and he's acting and. And he's making all these jokes, and he thinks he's bombing because he's a stand-up comedian. He thinks he's bombing because the crowd's not reacting. And yeah. he's talking to the director afterwards. And he's like, oh, "I'm sorry, I'm 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 shitting the bed over here." And the director was like, "What are you fucking talking about? We have people like running off of set because if they laugh, they're gonna ruin the take. Like you're killing it right now." And he's like, "Oh, okay," because he's used to getting that like immediate, <laughs> yeah, immediate reaction. You know, he's like, "Oh, I'm fucking I'm fucking up over here." <laughs> you know? I also love Rodney. Like, if you ever hear about when you know when he was older and he. It was he was kind of on the way out, and they almost kicked him out of the hospital when he was dying because he kept getting caught smoking weed in the hospital. <laughs> That's a good way to go. Yeah, man, fucking Rodney, dude. Yeah, he was he was a special one. But yeah, this performance, man, it was it's oh god, he did it's he rough, did the job man. of what he had to do, man. That was he was. Oof. Yeah, I kind of want to change my answer now, but fuck. Yeah, man. I'm glad that we at least picked different answers to have yeah. more of a discussion. All right, last the last category of of the three deaths. Most gruesome death. Oswaldo, what do you got for me? All right. This almost won for my best death just because it really did kind of creep me out. So in Devil's Rejects, that whole scene after the country lady singer gets stabbed by a baby and the guy comes back with the mask, like wearing wearing the mask. And then like as the, uh, what is the, the the housekeeper comes in, yeah, and it's like you you know what's gonna happen, right? You're expecting it, and then you see like, and you think the big shock is like the bathroom full of blood and everything, and that that whole scene. But then when she turns around and you see her name was Wendy Banjo, when you see her hanging there with that face, it looked creepy. But then she's moving and she's just like panicking like that. I was like, holy shit, that was so cool. And then she starts running out. And she just like, it's probably completely insane at that point. And she's yeah. just running, and then she gets, you know, hit by the car. I knew, I knew the truck was coming, but it was still fucking. There's that whole buildup was so fucking cool. It was just, yeah. Did, did you imagine like your your significant other gets? That, that was her, her husband face, too. Yeah, gets, yeah that was her, her husband's face. face. Yeah, and the, I don't know why she couldn't take it off. Like I don't know what the hell was going on with her hands. But yeah, that was that whole scene of her just like running and ugh, it looked creepy yeah, as hell. No, a hundred percent, a hundred percent agree with that exact. Same. Oh, nice. Everything, <laughs> everything. Yeah, she's been brutalized and terrified, and she's got her husband's face on, and then she ugh. gets smashed by a truck, and there's just guts everywhere. Yeah. It's fucking great, man. It's so gross and over the top and gruesome. It was perfect. Like 
there's a lot of good deaths in both of these, but as far as like most gruesome, that's that's got to be it. Yeah. Do you imagine? No, I 100% yeah. agree Oof. with you. Oswaldo, my friend, that was the three deaths. I'm telling you, just, just a three deaths <laughs> podcast. It'll be five minutes long. Not with All us. Right. It'll probably be like at least half an hour of like talking. <laughs> something else that has nothing to do ever. with it. Yeah. Well, we got one category left. Most satisfying ending. Oswaldo, why don't you take us home, buddy? What What do you think? All right. I'm going to go with Natural Born Killers again. And I kind of touched on this earlier where they the ending is, I feel like they grow as people and realize that, because at first they're doing it, all this murdering, because they want to be famous. That's why they always leave one person like they wanted to be like what was that from the the fifties that murdering couple Bonnie and Clyde but they they wanted to be like a Bonnie it's not the fifties yeah. <laughs> it's not the fifties no what am I thinking of anyways because they wanted to be like uh, well the 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 movie was from the seventies but they were based on the Bonnie and Clyde from like the early like twenties and thirties oh was it twenties and thirties yeah yeah I don't remember back was, then too well <laughs> yeah me neither I wasn't well, things were a little yeah things were very hitty days yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh yeah right so it was like a Bonnie and Clyde sort of sort of vibe like a new Bonnie and Clyde. So they were just trying to be famous. But then at the end, I think they realized, all right, this is the ending. And and I love the fact that that Mickey's like, you know, this is uh this is this has meaning. I don't know what the fuck it is, but I feel like Oh God. What did so he say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's like it makes a statement. Yeah, I don't exactly statement. know what that statement is. Yeah. yeah. That's such a like realistic thing. Like I feel like someone like, like he him, can't quite put his finger. He knows yeah. it, but he can't quite put mm-hmm. his finger on yeah. it. Yeah, and and then I felt like you could have written something really cool, like what the statement is, and have him deliver it really well. But it was just funny that he was like, I don't know what it is, but I know there's a statement here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they murder yeah. him and they walk off and they give up that life. They don't. They're not worried about killing people. They're not worried about being famous. They're worried about being together and starting a family. Yeah, and going no, on totally. that adventure. Totally. It's one of those things, too. Like, you hear famous people talk about that all the time, where it's like, I thought it was about this. I thought this was going to make me happy. But it's actually, like, my family that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, at the end, that's kind of what they do. They have the kids, and they have the... the They're RVing around. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's such a good... It's such a good ending. And it's actually it's actually funny, because there's, there's an alternate ending when the guy, Owen, who helped them escape, like, they're in... They're like driving away, and he ends up killing both of them. Huh? And it's fucking terrible. I was so glad they didn't go with it. It just like wow. He ends up like shoot. Like he tries to like. He's like, oh, I thought you said you were going to take me with you. And he's Woody Harrelson's like, yeah, we took you out of the prison. You're not going to live with us. What are you talking about? You know what I mean? And, and he ends up like, like Mallory ends up like fake flirting with him, and he's talking about how much he wants to be with Mallory. And and Woody Harrelson's like, all right, you're fucking out of here. And he ends up like shooting them both with a shotgun, and it was like. That's a terrible ending. Hmm. And Oliver Stone even said, he was like, the 90s was a time when like you wanted to see the bad guys get away with it. So he's like, I'm glad we went with with that. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing. I like the Devil's Rejects ending. The The problem with it is, and I don't know if this should affect my answer or not, like should the movie live on its own? Because I think it is a good ending. But the fact that they did come back for a, a another one after that, where it's like, well, wait a minute, didn't they all get shot up and fucking killed? Like, I don't remember in Three from Hell like how they justified it. But the fact that it was like, House of a Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, Three from Hell. It's like, well, just let... That drives me crazy. Like, I get it. People want to make their money. Yeah. I fucking get it, man. But at the same time, it's like sometimes you just want things to exist the way they're meant to exist, which is you have these horrible people who die at the end of it. Mm-hmm. It was a great ending. It was a great ending. But then to do another sequel after that, I was just like, fuck that, you know? Yeah. Um. But I liked, I liked seeing Mickey and Mallory get away with it because they did... 
like you said, they did grow and change into people that could be, even though they're psychos, they could be respectable. They could function in society. The devil's rejects are never going to function in society. They're just not going to. You they're, know? they're not going to shower. Um, no, they're not going <laughs> to fucking shower. So, no, I 100% agree. Wayne Gale getting shot after the prison riot, learning he's a piece of shit. He has a good arc. Mickey Mallory have a good arc. It's a fucking great ending. Uh, and then it goes into that Leonard Cohen song with like the the different um, different cuts of like them Woody Harrelson and Julia Lewis from kids like pictures of them as kids and them in the RV. She's got the hair like her mom, like the blue hair and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's just and she's pregnant. No, it's great. It's a really really good good button on that movie. So and they didn't do another fucking sequel afterwards, yeah, which was great. National Killers Two. What the hell? What the what would they even have done? What would they do? National Born Killers Two. Go. What's the yeah. plot? What's the what's the log line? Go. Mickey and Mallory. No, it's the kids. The kids kill Mickey and Mallory, and they go on okay. a killing spree. And they go on a killing spree. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say like they they come out of retirement to avenge somebody that we don't even know from that movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like somebody who's like a third rate, like maybe like her brother who kind of shows up. You know, remember, like remember at the they're oh, like oh yeah, maybe the brother comes back with his uh, kiss mask. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking weird. Mallory's my mom. Oh, Ugh. God. Anyway, yeah. Ugh, God. Uh, so let's do it, man. Let's total this up. I mean, I'm just looking at the tally sheet. It's not even fucking close. Two, <laughs> four, five, six, eight. So unlike unlike last week, uh, it didn't quite. You mean this Natural is not Killers, a tie? No, Natural Born Killers didn't quite double it. But uh, Natural Born Killers 25, Devil's Rejects 13. So almost, they almost doubled it. That might be, is that our biggest one? So that was it, man. Natural Born Killer slaughtered the devil's rejects. Not even close. So yeah, if you're at home listening, why don't you uh, why don't you reach out? You can hit us on Instagram at Oh Yeah That Was a Good Movie. I'm sorry, my dog is licking the microphone. Uh, you can reach out at Oh Yeah That Was a Good Movie on Instagram or uh, on email at Oh Yeah That Was a Good Movie at gmail.com. Let us know what you thought. Let us know how we were right, how we were wrong, and what you want to fight about. Also, if you have any ideas for future verses. Feel free to feel free to let us know. We love love hearing some outside of the box things. Maybe some movies. I want to do a versus of two movies we've never seen before. Ooh, that'd be fun. That would be yeah. fun. Yeah. So as Waldo, my friend, that was my pick. Natural Born Killers versus Devil's Rejects. What do you have for us next week? Are we sticking with the Halloween scary themes? Are we are we are we doing a versus? Are we having a guest? Oh my god, I can't wait. I'm on the edge of my seat. Yes, yes, and yes. Oh my gosh. All right. <laughs> So we are definitely sticking with the Halloween theme. And now, so far, it's been a horror movie versus a, I'd say, drama action movie or suspense or a, movie. Uh, a crime drama horror western versus an action yeah. crime romance. Yeah. This time, we're going straight horror Oh my god! versus a remake of straight horror. Okay. With a guest. All so right. the, the, this this was a pick from uh, my friend Brandon McNeil, who's a uh, who's a writer like yourself. I think you guys will get along. You'll have a, a lot to talk about. But I don't know if you've seen any of these movies. Uh, you probably have. One of them was pretty famous, at least the American version. So this is kind of interesting because they are both the same director. So Ooh, okay, there's an American version of this film that was directed by the same. Uh, it's a Japanese horror film. So the original one came out in 2002, and then the remake came out in 2004. So pretty close. Oh. And this was pretty famous. You, you probably... Can I, can I guess? Yeah, go for it. Is it The Ring versus Ringu? 
No, no, that, oh. that would have been pretty good. But it, this is basically right there. This is the Grudge versus Ju On. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I actually I haven't seen either of these movies. So, oh, yeah. perfect. Cool. I've seen. I believe I've seen the Grudge. I have not seen the original uh, Japanese uh, version. And it's what's interesting. That's Sarah Michelle Gellar, right? Yeah. Uh huh. Sarah Michelle Gellar's in it. Um, what's interesting is that it's by the same director, so it'll be really cool to see how we compare these two. How he Americanized, yeah, mm-hmm. and it, uh, did he make it worse was, second time around or better? Was this your pick or your friend? This what's is my friend's Brian? pick. Yeah, June on versus the Grudge. So next week's tune in. We got June on. We got the Grudge. We got Halloween coming in hot. <laughs> So that's it for this week. Thank you at home for listening and tuning in as always. And until next week, keep watching good movies. As always, I like to leave you with a quote. Boy, the next word that comes out of your mouth better be some brilliant fucking Mark Twain shit because it's definitely getting chiseled in your tombstone. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. And hell yeah. Bye, everybody.